Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of Cleaning and Cocktails. You guys know what it's about. It's about having fun, having a cocktail or two. I got my boy Omar Miller here from the Bronx, New York. So you guys know I bring people like Omar on uh, to share their stories, talk about the, the hustle and the grind, the ups, the downs, um, share their experiences, right? Because nothing is better than shared experiences, in my opinion. And that's why we bring people like him, industry experts, manufacturers, suppliers, you name it, anything related to the cleaning industry or just building services in general uh, is welcome to the show because we only get better when we talk and hear and listen from others like Omar Miller here. So Omar is from Brox, New York. The company's called Advantage Cleaning. He's been in the business for three years. A little longer though, and I'll let him touch on that. Um, but employee count, family in the business, I'm gonna let him take that over. But without further ado, I've been friends with him for a minute. Um, and I had the chance to meet him when he came to the Cleaning the Cocktails event. So Omar, Miller, talk to me. How many employees do you have? What's the revenue look like? Is there family in the business? What What is the story, buddy? Absolutely. Rick, I just want to say uh, first and foremost, first and foremost, I'm extremely grateful to be on the show, man. I'm an avid listener. You know, um, dropped a ton of nuggets on me throughout the course of my growth and, and still till this day, you know, so... I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, so I guess that first question was how many employees do I have? Yeah. Yeah. I never get deep into some of the, you know, I, I call them the, the company stats, which I think is important because I want people to know anybody who's on this show, like we're all different. We're all at a different stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I, I think that's an important piece because I feel like people can resonate with that when they hear yeah, you. Absolutely. Speak. So I could tell you three years ago when I started, we couldn't, we couldn't keep an employee. You know, um, it was, it was juggling. It was doing the, most of the work myself um, just because I couldn't have, number one, I couldn't afford payroll. Um, number two, it just wasn't enough hours for somebody to actually stick around. Um, so we didn't we didn't have the consistency like we do now. Uh, I would say last Friday we hit 40 employees. I saw that. You posted that. Yeah. Yes. See, yes. Again, some of you guys will real, real recognize if you start to follow Omar. He, uh, he recognizes his teams and his accomplishments, man, which I think is, is something important for us to do. Yeah. I mean, my, my team's incredible, man. They're great. Um, we have great systems and processes. Uh, we, we've aligned ourselves uh, extremely well with our core value system. Um, and we've been able to carve out. I'm so proud of them because I'm proud of them and I'm proud of, of everyone along upper management as well for carving out sort of this uh, project to develop our city, right? Because as we know, we all went through COVID and there, was, there were a lot of people who lost their jobs for whatever situations. And um, we were able to pretty much grab people who had some sort of background or who were trainable and teach them and provide opportunity. Because my, my goal, um, I, I was never like a nine to five type of person, right? I always had a, a 1099, always. So I had to, I wouldn't have a check at the end of the week if I didn't really hustle, you know? So I understand how it feels to have a low ceiling. You know, so when I look at my the people around me, I want them to know that I'm pretty much fighting as hard as I can to provide to them some sort of path to a to a career. You might start off as a tech, you know, you might end up you might see midway through as an inspector and then you might end up in operations because well, one of our biggest goals is retention. Right. And that leads to a, a fi- the financial aspect of things too. we want to control our employee retention. We want to yeah. hire within. We want to create these opportunities for people and show them that we believe in them and that they're going to be able to scale and provide for their families 
just as we are. Yeah. So Omar, actually, see, see what happens every time I have an agenda, I want to go down a certain path, something comes up. But you just touched on something that I really, I don't think I've ever really talked about on the show is uh, retention. But retention to the point of, you said you're trying to carve out a path and a, and a career for them, which a lot of people may, listening in or watching may say, you know, that's hard. That's, you know, cleaning technician is a cleaning technician. They look at it as a job. Um, they, they come and go, right? But I, I got to argue, I mean, you want to shoot for low turnover, right? And then with low turnover means high retention. Is there anything that you can throw out there for them that you've done and you've seen results with, you know, taking them from thinking it's a 20 hour a week job to it's a career. Absolutely. So I like to identify with, with, um, with my technicians, my team, my family immediately um, that I am working my hardest to provide a, to follow through pretty much with what I've communicated with them. Right. So how does that happen? That happens with um, accountability. What am I accountable for? I'm accountable for sales, marketing, and the growth of this company, right? Someone else might be accountable for um, training and, and someone else might be accountable for inspections. But my accountability is the growth at this point, right? The faster we grow, the quicker I, could, I can move you up and, and move you into a different position based on your skill set. Because we're not the company that wants to have you around for five years and say, oh, man, you're doing a great job. Now, we're the company, after two years, we want you to move into another position. If you're that good, create another you and then keep moving forward in the company. So you see that we're, we're trying to align our communication with exactly how your career is supposed to be going. You know, so we've even carved out different positions, training coordinator, which I touched on with you. Yeah. You know, um, um, you know, we, we got the 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 ones that everyone's familiar with, field managers, area managers, operations. Um, but doing the other jobs like inspecting, um, all those little things that go kind of kind of account for uh, core systems, right? Quality control. Yeah. You got to have these things in order for the whole machine to work properly. Yeah, know? man. And we've been able to do that. And it's been it's been great, man. Like people are, and I, are stoked. And, 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 and think about, dude, we have the ability. And I was just talking about this with my brother, too, is we really can be as custom as we want create roles that we want, right? You know, think about like tech companies have what chief happiness officer, chief people director, right? They make up titles, right? We can do the same. Like if we if we want to carve out a role because that person is a people person and but has great quality control and is a logistical genius, right? Like come up with a role for that person if they have multiple skill sets. And I but to do this though, you need to win big contracts. You need to you need to grow, like you said, because you cannot build a process or systems based on personnel and assign or appoint some of these people because uh, at the end of the day, they need money. Right. They need to make a good wage. They need to make a good salary. These are your they become your rock star or A-list players. So talking about that, like I told you guys when I started, I'm going to start this a little different, but I, I want to drill down on a Whopper deal that Omar was was working on. And I say this because, you know, a month ago, we're at the cleaning and cocktails event. Everybody's, you know, there. We're awesome environment. And I'm watching Omar, and this guy's on the phone. He's popping up his laptop in the office. He pops it up over here in the chair. He goes out to take a phone call. And he's like, you know, Rick, I'm sorry, man. I'm just, you know, I, I'm working on something right now. 
And then I see in the conference room with Armando, I'm like, man, there's some serious shit going on here. What, what, what is this guy working on while we're at this event? And little did I know, because you know, you let us let us all know, which you 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 were working on and you won a monster deal, which again, I, we don't have to get too deep into it, but I think you know, ex- explain that feeling for you when we're three years in, right? And because to me, I got to believe that kind of a, a six-figure size contract allows you to do what you just said you wanted to do, put people Absolutely. in positions to help you grow your company. Um, yes. You know, not to get into specifics, but dude, let's, let's drill down on, again, it was not rude, you guys, because this guy was hustling. I mean, I, I knew something was going on. What, what was going on, man? What what? What had you moving and pacing and hustling and on the phone? So first, I want to give a big shout out to Armando, man. He actually helped me tremendously, man. He's like, you know, between him and Dominic and yourself, like you guys have been a huge help. I was there for the convention. You know, I was there to learn and to, and, but um, the timing was just because this company wanted to move and transition into a new company. And they heard about our company and they really liked us. So we started communicating back and forth. And um, this actually, we closed that deal while I was in Chicago. That's a $35,000 a month contract. But while I closed that, I was also closing a $25,000 a month contract. So one signed one day and then the next day, another signed. So it was that was a big weekend, man. Oh, that was a I huge know, weekend. I know you got, you know, you don't got yeah, a beer. So right I got my coffee. Got with this cheers to you. He said 35,000 a month, 25,000 a month. Now, I'm, I mean, talk about a great end to the year, but you're not done yet, right? But not at all. Talk about the feeling knowing that you're winning that, right? Because uh, again, people, you know, they want to win 2,000 a month, 5,000 a month, 10,000 a month. What did it take? Um, as far as you having to work on that contract while having to be at this convention, right? Like, what was your mindset like when you were working that deal? Well, my, my mindset's always get it done. You know, just get it done. You know, so it's always, but at the same time, I'm a big fan of education, man. Like, I, I always question my knowledge in the industry, right? And Do I know enough? Um, am I able to help someone else achieve their goals? And if I can't answer that question properly, that means that, you know, I'm not where I need to be. So your convention was a, was a perfect place to um, nurture relationships, to meet new people, to listen to the vendors, you know, um, to educate myself. And I would, I would never stop that. You know, yeah. obviously business keeps going and we all yeah. want the big contracts, but we, at the same time, I want to know what to do once you get them, yeah. you know, you want to be able to go in there and be a rock star. You don't want to go in there and drop the ball. Yeah. So, um, I would say that the, the most important factor before anything else is educating yourself. Always have a mentor, you know, always constantly be educating. I keep two or three mentors that I talk to on a regular basis um, in our industry. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the janitorial store. You nice. know, I'm o- always, always involved, um, always listening to your podcasts and other podcasts, anything that could add some sort of insight to, to the structure I'm building. Yeah. You know? So, so Omar, let's talk. So, again, 35000 25000 Omar, Advantage Cleaning, three years in, you know, 40 employees. Um, I don't know if 40 came before these contracts or whatever the case is there, but uh, I just know from talking to a lot of people, man, is, you know, that's a scary, that's a scary window at the same time, right? Because what, 25, 35, what is it, 60,000, right? Like 50, 60, that, right away I'm thinking payroll. 
right? Like how much payroll is there? How many people do I hire? How much supplies do I have to, to buy? Yeah. And I mean, really, like, to be honest, like a lot of people will say no to that kind of a win because they may not be financially stable or ready to win that. I got a feeling you're like me where I'm a win it, figure it out after the fact, mm-hmm. have some kind of, you know, foundation set. But like, what was your, your, your men- mental state knowing that I have the opportunity and I've won 50 plus thousand a month? What was the first things that you started working on? Was it, I'm going to call my banker. I'm going to call my accountant. I'm going to call my human resources. Like take us through that, that day or two, because I think it's important for people to know that, you know, again, you guys, three years in, uh, I don't know, a million, two million revenue business, Omar, or what are you at right now? Prior, about, to this- prior to, we were at, we were just cracking over about 1.2. Think about that. You're, you're, you're 1.2, and this is going to be potentially 500,000 a year in business. That's almost half your revenue. And you didn't even bat an eye. You know, what, what were the steps that you took to get to know that you can do this? Listen, it's it's uh it's all about systems and processes, right? If I've learned anything from watching other people do it, such as yourself, um, and and other people who I feel like have done, who've managed this industry, and and are successful, it's about having systems and processes, man. And I like to run, I like to call it the triangle offense, man. I run, I run the Phil Jackson, you know. I like to, um, it's about hiring, right? It's about having your training coordinator and your operations. You know, so as long as I got those sequences of events and I'm already prepared, like I'm I'm prepared beforehand. As soon as I got that phone call, I called my um my supplier, right? My supplier does the walkthrough with me. So we already got paper products, we already got chemicals lined up, we already got what, what machines we're bringing in, right? So we're educated on that. I have a I have a list of over 500 potential employees that I'm already reaching out to because I conduct interviews either way, right? Yeah, so we manage our system. Yeah, we're, we're constantly hiring, man. Like, I'll pull over in the middle of the road if I see someone cleaning in a store or, or you know, and I'll go in there and drop some cards on them, spend some time with them. Um, so we, once again, we go into the, the hiring systems, right? And then we go into bringing people in and starting to train them. You know, as long as we got those things going, the payroll aspect can be a little, a little bit intimidating. But like you said, man, you know, I'm cut from the cloth where it's it's a it's very competitive. So I'm going to bite off more than I can chew and then figure it out, you know, because I'm not going to let opportunities just pass me by. You know, yeah. we're, we're going to figure this thing out. Yeah. That's what and, and, you say, do you have um, do you have a good banking relationship? Like, do you have like, you know, cre- you know, credit's always a big thing and cash on hand and those things. But I, I feel like sometimes people forget to have those relationships set in place because of a moment like that when you have a contract i mean i know banks don't you know lend money based off of a contract which again things are changing i think that's going to be coming up soon that'll be a whole other topic but like was he one of your phone he or she one of your first phone calls as well or your accountant that's a good question so thank god you know i went through the 10 ksb program with goldman sachs the 10,000 small business program oh yeah we'll be talking about that yeah, and one of those nine modules, we were able to identify um, building a relationship with your financial lender, right? And one of the speakers, the panelists at Goldman Sachs was from my bank. Um, I was able to reach, I called, actually, when you saw me go outside, that was the phone call I was making. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, I left that one out, man. But, yeah, uh, he was, like, on speed dial. So, I was like, you know, this is what I need, um, and this is what this is what's going on. You know, 
just to give people out there a little bit of hope, man. Like I, I don't come from the, the best credit. I don't come from, you know, you know, my background's a little different. You know, I had to I had to scrap a little bit to get to where I'm at. You know, so I wasn't taught financial literacy early on, you know, so I didn't know that you have to have good credit going in to get all these things. So I had to basically identify my numbers and, and show them what I was doing monthly for them to believe in me in terms of lending me whatever I needed to handle payroll and, and uh, equipment expenses and overhead and things like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but we were we were I was successful at it. You know, I was able to talk with the right people and we were able to, we were able to get something done, you know, which helped out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, then, so Omar, now let's take a step back leading up to this opportunity. Right. Because, again, 25K, 10K a month is a big contract, in my opinion. Right. You win a 10K contract a month. That is the steps to now starting to build your business and, and have a footing, right? Was this a, a cold call, walk-in, referral, found you to the website? Um, I, I want to give you kudos to, I know your your website and social media, you're, you're, you know, you're making a presence there. And I saw you in a commercial at some point, like, when you talk about like, what, how did this come up? Like, you know, I, cause you know, number one thing people always talk about is sales and lead gen and SEO and this and that, but how, how did these two, Real contracts, real scenarios come up on your radar. Yeah. So I'm all over the place, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm literally, like you said, the social media, I'm always posting on social media, like business posts, um, showing people what we're doing, being clear, transparent, because I really believe in our systems, you know? Um, you show, sure dude, I give you credit, man. Like the people get, if you follow Omar, which, you know, I'll give you the, the social media tags after the show. You're always posting about your people. Like, yeah. it's like, I don't even, I mean, other than the one commercial shot of you in the, you know, or getting interviewed on the news, it's always your people, man. Yeah. All the time, man, because they're, you know, they're the, they're the engine to this, you know, they're, they're the, they operate this. I, I pretty much, I work for my employees, man. You know, I work to carve out special relationships and, and get them to, I, I'm waiting for the day where I can watch them, you know, go buy their own house or, or, you know, do the things that I would like to do. You know, I just want everyone to be on the same page. Like I want, it's like generating that feeling to everybody. Right. I want everyone to feel a little bit of it, you know, and be able to follow through with my promise. Um, That being said, um, strong customer relations management, right? Like we spoke about this because I think I was in every platform you were in clubhouse, Facebook, Uh, podcast, you know, and that's the number one question. I, I hear people say, you know, you got to get out there and ask your client what, you know, this There's so far you can go with you just going business to business, right? Because I've done it. I've done it to, to the point where people told me to stop coming, you know, like, like they politely, you know, I started bringing them fruit, candy. Like they were like, all right, oh my look, we can't get out the contract right now, you know? So just, just relax. Just um, relax. <laughs> but it's, it's, and then I just started to figure out different methods where I can target more people at once. And that was pretty much through SEO and, and CRM, right? Because you're just like retention with employees, you want client retention as well. And you want to create some sort of uh, revenue stream with them where I would target clients where I knew um, there was there was a forecast for a greater potential, right? So if I'm targeting a, targeting a client 
who has, they might be under a different name, but they own this, 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 and this, right? Hey, that brings me into the what we call the tri-state area in New York, right? So if I start in New York City, if I do a good job here, they might call me for Jersey. They might call me for Connecticut. And that, that my plan is to ultimately branch out to different states, right? Much like yourself. So this was, this was a strategic alignment of clients. So I strategically align myself with certain people who I knew can bring me a lot further, faster, you know, and, and these were the people and it, and it actually worked out that way because as soon as I got one, we were in here, man, created a really strong system. Uh, our, our core system was amazing in terms of communicating and quality control. And then I got the call. Hey, do you want to take this and this in New Jersey? I said, no problem. Cause all we're going to do is go there and implement the same system. I mean, it, it, it doesn't, nothing ever makes anything easy, but though, again, that type of client, the multi-unit, multi-location client, man, I mean, that is how, in my opinion, you scale your business uh, because those one-offs, it's a one-off, you know, you really can't grow and expand, you know, past that. So, all right. Now, now that we're like middle of the show, right, is uh, what, take me, take us back before Omar got into the, the cleaning industry or what led up to you deciding that this is the path you wanted to take? I mean, what take us back a little bit towards the journey of how Advantage really got started. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I listened to your story, excuse me, I listened to your story and it's very similar in terms of sales. Like I was just a salesman, you know, I would sell any and everything, but ultimately when I left, when I left college, I got into real estate. And I was selling um, high-end condos and rentals and things like that. So, well, it, it prepared me for relationships with property managers, which was great, which till this day, we, I still have some ties to. And um, in 08, when the mortgage crisis happened, I was literally sitting in that office, like, what am I going to do? Me you know? Well. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, people are losing money. I don't, I don't even want to pick my phone up. Like, you know, it was bad, man, like, as you know. So um, after that, I got into door-to-door, door-to-door sales, man. And I was like, all right, let me just do this for me for the meantime and ended up turning into a career for four years because I didn't know that I was a door-to-door salesman. So I started knocking on these doors and got really, really good at it. So my company started sending me to different markets that were failing. So they would send me to, they sent me to Chicago, right? Um, which, which I sold Uverse in Chicago. And they sent me to Boston and I would sell like files and, you know, I would just lift these markets back up. Um, we would we would train, sell, um, put management there. They would follow my system. And then once the numbers went up a little bit, we were able to leave. But door to door, I believe, was was like the icing on the cake. Real estate was baking it. The icing was the door to door because it was literally boot camp for uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know, Because if, if you didn't knock on 100 doors a day. Um, you weren't going to make the check that you needed to survive, you know, and those hundred doors, you're going to get three to four sales. Oh yeah. Dude, it's, it's a, it's what builds you up, man. It really does. I mean, I don't think I've ever talked about it, but my wife would laugh, kill me for bringing it up. But I, my first sales job was, I I was selling cologne, right? (laughs) Like you ever see the guys that would walk up to you in the gas station, they have a duffel bag and it's, it's Yaki. But it's not, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not in an Isimiyaki bottle. That was me for almost a year 
And, you know, and it's crazy because that was like, I think I was like 20 or 21. But it's crazy how they get you, too. And it's like, you know, hey, this person drives a Lexus. This person drives a Mercedes. Do you want their Mercedes or Lexus? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I want the Mercedes. I want the Lexus. And you're out there grinding. But mm-hmm. it, it builds. It, it allows you to understand what no means. You don't want to hear no. Because you know that next one could be a yes. So you just keep going. You yeah. keep going. It's like that. It's 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 crazy, but that kind of mentality gets us to where we're at today, right? Like you're able and you you attack, right? You keep going. You keep going to get to that yes because you know it's going to come. Yeah. It's a matter of time. Yeah. And it's all about having gratitude in between, man. Like always, always had gratitude. You know, even during the bad times, like it's just about having that that sort of gratitude. And I, like you said, man, after every every no, you're just that much closer to a yes. Like, and it was just a grind. I just, and it was, it became competitive at a certain point. But I was like, you know what? You know, to the point where I was like, I'm going to get four, three or four within the first hour and then go home. Because, That's yeah, because <laughs> you get tired of hearing no. So you develop this pitch that is impenetrable, you yeah. know? And, and then you, then I found myself not only signing people up, but I was in the house eating dinner. Well, so you're you know, eating dinner. <laughs> drinking, you, drinking, you know. Yeah. And flip the roles, right? And this is this fucking side story here. But I, you know, here in Chicago, when the storms come, I have um, what is it like cedar shingle roofing right now, right? These freaking roof yeah, roof inspectors, the minute it pours and the storm comes, they are at your door. Hey, free inspection, right? This one kid though, dude, this is literally a year ago, or almost uh, less than a year. He, I, I just hit it off with the guy. And then my wife's like, what do you, what do you, you know, it's been 30 minutes. This guy knocked on the door. It's a door-to-door guy. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm going to show him the garage. I'll be right back. I'm, I'm, I'm in the garage. 30 minutes later, I got this guy, we're, you know, drinking a beer in the garage because we connected, talking shop. I didn't, you know, he didn't get my business, but like we, it just, it was, it's that impression or that, that approach. You don't always have to sell. Um, but I'll tell you what. Look, I'm still talking about it today. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, he left an impression. It's, it's 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 something that you've got to you've got to either learn it, earn it. I don't know, man. It, it sets you apart, though, for sure. Absolutely, and I think it's in us. Like certain people have, it's it's just like you have to have a certain quality, man. And it's people buy from people they like and trust. Yep. You know, and you know we carry these qualities into our business, right? Where it's oh, where it's yeah. commitment to client, and you know basically giving them our all. That's what we do. Yep. All right. So Omar, you touched on it earlier. Uh, and I, you know, I, again, I don't know how many people would know about this, but I, I mean, I know me and you will both recommend the shit out of it, but uh, Goldman Sachs 10 K that's me. I, I actually, I think you asked me about that, right? Is that, is yeah. that how you felt, felt yeah, so, so I found out about it prior to that, but I know that you, I heard you speak about it in terms of um, the tech on the tech aspect, how it yes. led you into the tech aspect with route. Yeah, that route came from the Goldman yeah. Sachs program. So I was just doing, I just basically whatever I see people doing that I, that I admire and, and respect in this industry, I try to follow suit, man. Why, why try to change the, the patterns? Right. So I tried, I was getting, I first tried to get in Goldman Sachs without <laughs> when I first started the business and I didn't have any, um, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have the, I didn't have any reports to show them. Like I couldn't show them a, a tax sheet or anything like that, right? So finally, two years in, I was able to. You sent me the link. I called that person. They they had someone call me. I already had a direct relationship with one of the people from Goldman Sachs, who's a recruiter, and um, I was able to get on and fill out and and give them tax returns at, at this point. And I got in and I was stoked, man. Like that program is amazing. Talk talk about the program. I I really don't get much time to talk about it either. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's, I wouldn't, I don't, you know, not life changing. Right. But for me, it was, uh, it was business changing. Like I had a different approach to the business Mm -hmm. before I had walked in. Like I thought I knew some things, but I mean, did you like the way they spread? I mean, did with, were you in it during COVID or not COVID? Virtual or in person? Uh, I, w- I was virtual, okay. but like See, I, I would say virtual. post-COVID. Okay. Post-COVID, so virtual. But same thing. We went through all nine modules. Okay. And I would say I would say it's life-changing because it's like the difference. Like if you're going down, there's two sectors. There's a road and it splits, right? And you don't know where to go and someone just nudges you. And now you're back on the right track. You know, and that's kind of like what that program is. It gives you a nudge and allows you to open your eyes to certain platforms in business, right? Which yeah. I didn't know about either. No, you know, yeah. certain things you get on there and you're like, you want to ask everyone else, did you guys know this? Like, because I didn't yeah. know. I mean, my cohort was awesome. But yeah, it, it really does allow you to feel vulnerable too. Like, yeah. there's a yeah. lot. I still talk to a few of the people from my cohort, but it allows you to be vulnerable and, and, like be open about the business. Oh man, I had a bad day today. My HR this, and you know, our operations person did that. Like you don't get the chance to, you know, that's why I'm a big advocate for peer groups is you don't, you, you feel lonely sometimes as it, as the business owner. Yes, and you're always worried about what you say and who you say it to in that environment. Do you agree? Like you were able to really just be wide open. I put get good yeah. feedback. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Rick. I put, I put all cards on the table, man. Like I'm one of those people. I came in open because I feel like the only way for extreme for for real growth is to is to throw your cards on the table, man. Like this is who I am. Either you're gonna play in the garbage or you're gonna take me for who I am and help me, you know. And th- and that's exactly what I did, man. And we were a close knit group. Um, our cohort, 33, you know. So I actually joined the alumni. So we 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 uh we yeah, speak, just, yeah, we speak monthly. Director too, yeah. Yeah, man, it's awesome, bro. And, and like you said, everyone got pretty vulnerable. And it was good to see, like, it made me feel more confident seeing people 10, 15 years in who are still at this vulnerable stage. Yeah, still have problems. And it, it allowed me to open up a little bit more because I was scared to tell people I didn't know, like, how to how to manage a profit and loss or balance sheet or things like that, which are very, which are vital to our business, right? We have to understand our numbers and, and where things are coming in. Dude, and you know what I, I would say about that too is during that session or that core, course of the period of, of uh, six, eight, nine weeks, I gained so much confidence, man, right? Because at first you think, oh, I'm a cleaning business owner, right? And the, my first couple of years, I always looked at it this way. Is nobody wants to hear about my story. Nobody cares about me. I own a cleaning clean company. In that group, you know, I would talk about my hiring practices. I would talk about innovation. I would talk about the way I approach um, selling, the way I approach, you know, building a team and a culture. And like, you would see like, holy shit, people, 
like I'm doing something right here. Like I didn't, I didn't give myself credit enough to know like, damn, like running a cleaning company is a very big deal. You run, especially in the beginning when we wear all the hats, you are managing multiple different departments where people that start a business and walk into it or are given a business didn't have to do all that. It, it's a very different dynamic, man. And I, and I got to say, like, I walked out of there and I was like, okay, like, you know, growth plan. I got one. Yeah. I, let me implement that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I did the same and I, I implemented a five-year forecast, right? Which, which I'm on a healthy pace for. You know, and I was able to look well, at you win two twenty five thirty five. <laughs> yeah. Gotta believe you're in a healthy place. Healthy yeah, we're, we're we're on pace, man. And actually, um, it's you're right, man. It was an extreme confidence booster because um, someone always, even my significant other, and you know, she she helps with this company, and she's great. You know, she's uh, she helps with the staff and she, she pretty much wears all the hats as well, you know, but any, anywhere between operations and training. And um, she always tells me like, sometimes you got to sit back and give yourself a pat on the back, which I don't do. No. You know, I'm, I'm always like, let's go. Like what's next? Yeah. What's next? What's next? You know? So that's, I'm always on that time and, and not everyone is on that time. So yeah. even the Goldman Sachs course, even the, um, you know, the counselors, they allowed, they were like, you know, Omar, you're doing a great job, man. You know, even at the end, when they were giving their speeches, they were able to say, you know, when you get to this point, just don't forget us. And I'm just like, you know, wow, I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't see what people see in me, like, you know, but they could identify that, which is great. So, humble, right? yeah. That's always, you know, that's, that's a good attribute though. Cause then yeah. you're always going to be known as the guy that, you know, he'll get right in there with us, you know? And I, I feel that's the best leader is somebody that will roll up the sleeves. That's it, man. I feel like you, when you get to that point where you don't feel that way, you've lost your way as a leader. And that, you know, I, it's just my opinion. Um, I, was, I was in there cleaning the warehouse yesterday. Just It's just what I do is what I want to be a part of, right? Me like, too. Yeah. But all right. So, dude, let's talk about um, the market of New York. And I bring this up because I fail to always – talk about people's markets, you know, like, again, we're all cleaning business owners. A lot of us are in the cleaning industry that listen to this. Um, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We're, we're so focused in growing and scaling and, you know, business, business, business. But sometimes you're, own, you're susceptible to the market that you're in, right? Like, you know, somebody in Boise, Idaho, or in Nebraska, you know, or in Springfield, Illinois, is going to have different opportunities or there's going to be a cap. I think in some point where when you're in big metropolitan cities like a New York city, like a Chicago, it's, yes, it's competitive, but there's a lot of opportunity. How have you, I mean, is it a cleaning industry city in your opinion? Like, do you see you have the potential to hit five, 10, 15 million because of the opportunity that's there, even though there's competition, but um, talk about the New York market um, in general. Yeah, so I can tell you this. That's a great question, and it can go either way depending upon who the person is. Mm -hmm. Because much like Chicago, we have the big dogs here too, right? The unionized guys, the non-union guys, but the the, the guys who are big, uh, um, you know, sure. five, six, seven, eight hundred employees, right? And um, you got to have tough skin because it's a, it's a big city, and it can go either way. I'm a strategist, 
right? I, when I entered this industry um, the first time around, I actually lost everything just from lack of education. I didn't know how to price accounts or anything like that. So I was doing things and I didn't realize why these clients love me so much was because of the fact that I wasn't making a profit. <laughs> I was cleaning for free. So it's like, you know, um, you, <laughs> a valuable lesson for me was losing everything and having three kids and couldn't afford to pay my rent. You know, that was a valuable lesson for me. I had to drive Uber. And when I say strategist, um, where am I going to Uber? Like, let's say Chicago, you got Naperville, right? So you might have some execs out there, VPs. So I strategize my route with Uber uh, route. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I strategize my route, man. And um, I went to a place called Greenwich, Connecticut every single morning. Like when, when I say New York's a tough market, it's tough for the person who's not going to hustle, right? Because this is not a city that's going to give you something for free at all, right? It's a city where you got to take it. So every morning I went to this to Greenwich, Connecticut, and I picked people up and I made sure that they were going to the air, airport, right? Because for 40 minutes, you had to listen to me talk about cleaning and how my company was the best thing that you did. <laughs> so 40 minutes, like everyone, and I would you know, get down to what they did for a living. And lo and behold, I met a lady and she was amazing. And she was like, look, when I get back from wherever I'm coming back from, which was I think was Florida or Tennessee, she said, come to my office. I want you to talk to the operations manager. Let's see if we can get you the contract. Um, I told myself, if I get this contract, I'm not driving this car anymore. I'm going to clean the account myself. As long as I can cover my rent, I'll be good. And her name is Catherine. And our first contract back was with Swell Bottle. And we were able to cover basic expenses. And I didn't. I stopped Uber. And I said, I'm going to implement whatever time I have left after cleaning or after uh, my fiance finishes cleaning, we're going to go and go into buildings and market the hell out of our, out of our company. Um, and that's exactly what we did, man. She gave me an opportunity back to life and I took it and ran with it. And I literally walked into every single building in New York City. Now, when you ask, like, can, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, but Who's going to get the opportunity, right? Because it's definitely not going to fall in your lap. You know, New York City is one of these places where if you don't go take it, no one's going to give it to you. And I was literally going to take it. Like, I, I snuck in the back of office buildings. Um, I went to the front door. I remember I remember coming down elevators and security was like, how the hell did you get in here? I just told you you can't solicit in here, you know? And it was just one of those things where I, I just wasn't going to take no for an answer. Like I, I convinced operations managers that they had meetings with me and they didn't even know who I was, you know, and it, it, it was just one of those things, man. And, and they appreciated my effort at the end of the day. And I swear to God, I went in every single office building and every single retail store, anywhere that I had access to uh, within a year span, you know, they all knew me. And, uh, Dude, so well, I got goosebumps, not gonna lie. Like we should have led with that story. We should have led with the Uber story because that is amazing, man. Like, and, and it just goes to show, like, you guys, you know, I, I think you said 10 years ago, you, you, the industry, you, you came into the industry 10 years ago. Only as of three years ago did you start to see where you're at now, right? But that's the true testament to, you know, grit, hustle. Like, dude, ooh, I, I, I got to tell you, being an Uber driver, I've had those conversations with that person on the other side, and I have employees today that are employees because I met them as they were driving to Uber. Because 
they took it upon themselves to make an impression that lasted, that made me shoot a text or a, a message, or they found me on LinkedIn. So dude, like that works, man. Like it really, like think about how you strategize the word strategic. I don't care if this is not in the sense of strategic mergers and acquisition takeover, like you strategized your route to be in front of the audience, which is the backseat of the people that you knew if you got one of them, that, that, that could make a difference. And it did, man. So, Hey, kudos to you, bro. That, Thank you. Thank you. That's an amazing, that's a great one or two minute grab right there that I'll be setting yeah. up. Thank you for that. So we can't, we, we came back after that and, um, I took my door-to-door skills, applied it to this business, everything I knew from real estate, everything I knew from business, and kept my ear to the ground. And still to this day, man, I keep my ear to the ground. And I listen and I learn and I pay attention. And those are the those are the qualities that allow me to keep going, along with aggressive marketing. Um, putting myself, aligning myself. They say, like, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to get the gatekeeper, right? I call it the quarterback, man. I'm LT. I'm on you. You know, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm chasing you down. Like, you know, you're going to give me a shot and it's not in a, in a, it's, it's not in a, too aggressive with them, but it's, it's in a way where you just know that I, I want an opportunity. And if you give me an opportunity, I'm going to show you why you made a good decision. And a lot of times, if you can, if you can get put in a position and allow that person to look good, um, it's a win-win. Yeah, because they they feel like they made the decision to hire you or get rid of a certain uh, company or vendor, and they put you in hoping you can mitigate some of these concerns, and you go in there and knock it out the park, you know. Um, and, and it's a win all around the board. So at that yeah. point, it's almost like how could we get these guys into every single account? Yeah, you know, because you and and like you know as we're coming to an end too is like everything you say or you speak or you know everything that oozes out of you is is, is grit hustle. Right. When people want the whole secret sauce and, you know, what's my way to a six figure, you know, company or seven or eight figure company, there is no formula to the secret sauce of hustle and grit. Right. Like, if you like, could you create a playbook on the way you hustled and got your way into these buildings or got your way in front of these people? There, there is no content strategy, campaign, this, that, like, uh, it doesn't exist, man. I mean, it's, you just got to have it in you to want to, you know, to get this. You got, you have to really go out there, take any and everything and, and real, and let the cards fall into place. Like you eventually, once you get to a certain point, you'll realize what your niche is. Yeah. But in the beginning, everything was my niche. You know, if you ask me to clean the sidewalk, I'm going to clean the gum off the sidewalk. Like that was, that's how bad I wanted into this industry. You know? Mm -hmm. So I did, I clean windows, um, I've cleaned kitchens, you know, by myself, like literally kitchens that like three, two days in the owner was like, you know what? We're just going to buy a new one. I don't think it's even <laughs> in there, man. That is, my worst story is not getting paid for a freaking kitchen that me and my wife cleaned where it was like, are you really not going to pay, pay us for this job? Like, do you know what we just went through? Oh my God. But all right. So, all right. We're wrapping it up here, Omar. What, what does 2022 have in store for you for advantage? Um, what, what, the vision, you know, I know we talked about a five-year forecast, but hey, let's just talk about 2022, right? What's actionable for you that you know you want to do um, for 2022? 
So 2022 is going to be amazing. You know, we've already we've already kicked off. Um, you know, we're basically aligned with, with the forecast I had in mind, and that my upper management understands. You know, um, we're all we've all have these meetings. We have quarterly meetings, but we have weekly meetings to make sure that we're accountable for the the uh, goals that we have. And we're aligned, man. Like um, we've recently implement, implemented a maintenance program, you know. So now we have a maintenance yeah. program going on, which um, you know, just trying to remain sticky, you know. As uh, single as source solution, yeah. single source solution. Yes, man. So we're implement. We're rolling out some new things for our clients. Um, we're branching off into different states, which I'm I'm psyched about, man. Um, so we got we got a lot of things going, and the the gross. Well, our numbers, we're already looking to hit, you know, but as far as implementing new services, carving out new jobs and being efficient and effective in the uh, the urban development and the, uh, you know, just carving out new positions and, and jobs for people in New York City is what we continue to do. You know, That's economic development, man, we're, we're, we're creating new jobs and, and making it happen. I talk about it all the time. We are the we're blue collar industry. We are the foundation of economic development, man. If you think about it, like we are, we, we're what America is built on. Is, is is our industry? Others as well, right? Just the service industry in general. This is what America will grow as we grow. So, Absolutely. any last words, my man? That you want to leave to you know? Because you know the audience, right? There's yeah, I know the audience well. Audience, bigger size companies, uh, suppliers. Like, what what do you want to leave? Um, any words of wisdom to the industry itself? Yeah, I would, I would say for the person like myself, um, just coming in, who's like, you know, really hungry and just trying to figure out how other people are doing this, you know, because that's the, you're like, how are they doing this? You know, you, I would say just don't give up. Keep going, you know, keep educating yourself, which is the most important part. Um, keep nurturing relationships and putting yourself out in front of new people. Take all the advice you can. You know, join the different groups, um, you know, meet new clients for w- whatever it is that you could do to put yourself out there to let people know that you run a company and that you're willing to help them out. Let them know, you know, however you can get out there. Nice, man. Well, thank you, Omar. I appreciate you, my man. You guys, I will be putting Omar's uh, company, the Facebook, his LinkedIn, any in which way possible to get a hold of him. If you're cool with that, Omar, people. Yeah, absolutely. See your, your, uh, your information, reach out. If you had a similar story, if you feel like you resonated with Omar, you know, feel free to reach out to him. Or if you're cleaning companies within the tri-state area, right? Again, what do we talk about? Being stronger together, guys. The, 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 we are the the individuals that you want to work with and, and talk with and team up with because, again, it's a lonely space. So, Omar, awesome to have you on, my man. Thank, Thank you for having me, man. Nice. I really appreciate it. This is Cleaning the Cocktails, another episode. We are done. Thank you.